Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want you to notice, if you don't mind, in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, which will be our scripture for this series. Those in the Bible says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Based on that, again, we're going to be talking from this subject, thankful for the opportunity to sow, part two. Thankful for the opportunity to sow, part two. Last week, we went in on the subject, and we kind of ended up on Luke 6 and 38. I'm going to kind of look at that real briefly, Luke 6 and 38, because I think it's important scripture for us. If we don't forget this one, notice what he says, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over will be put into your bosom. But the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. One of the emphasis that we talked about last week was how important it is that we put a valuable seed in the ground. And the more valuable the seed, the better the harvest the better the return on a valuable seed. In fact, remember in Psalms 23 and verse 5, it says, Our cup runneth over. We talked about the different cups, but we want a cup that runs over, that good measure, that pressed down, that shaking together, and that running over. Based on that, each week that we provide or prepare or allow or make available the opportunity to receive God's tithes and offerings, it puts us in a place, it sets in place a set of circumstances that makes it possible for miracles to happen, healings to take place. Remember, healing is not just physical healing, but mental health healing as well. Debt to be released, not to mention we will prosper according to 3 John 2. Let's go to 3 John 2 for just a moment and notice what it says. 3 John 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Remember, every area of our life, God wants us to prosper and be in health just as, our, just as your soul prospers. This also, this also sets in place what we see in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible reads as follows. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I would not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there would not be room enough to receive it. So we see in Malachi 3 and 10 that God is continuing to teach us how to maximize our opportunity to sow. See, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing, and he's loving. So he knows when we're missing out on opportunities. He also knows the promises that he has ordained for us and is concerned that we live in him, we don't live in him, for manifesting his promises. Remember, let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Let's look at that scripture. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 reads as follows. For all the promises, a promise is a divine assurance of good. But notice this promise comes from God. 
in him are, are is, excuse me, in him are yes, truly, and even so, and in him, amen. So be it. To the glory of God through us. So when God makes a promise, so be it. His word will not return back to him void, but it will accomplish everything that he sends it out to do. See, God has made a promise to throw open and pour out increase, prosperity, and so forth to the point that we don't have room enough to receive it. What does that look like? What does that look like? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked me that. Not just the regular payroll check, because that's part of it, but unexpected checks, refunds, accounts being stimulated, business deals, sale of access, assets to purchase more assets, Purchase of stocks and bonds, retirement accounts, purchase of rental properties, buy and sell cars, purchase subdivisions. Those I said subdivisions, lands and so forth. Pentecostal handshakes, birthday cards, special envelopes with lunch money and so forth. God providing ideas, insight for different streams of revenue to flow to us as well as through us. See, God will use our gifts, our talents, our skill set to bless others and cause supernatural increase to take place in our life. Such talents as cooking, catering, cleaning, washing cars, media, technology, tutoring, caring for people, sitting with people, side gigs like small business accounting, income tax preparation. Cutting grass, you name it, God can use it to add addition to our payroll. Remember, God, listen, man may determine your uh, salary, but God determines what comes into your life. Isn't that good to know God does that? And what does he do? He's pouring out ideas. He's pouring out strategies. He's pouring out plans. He's pouring out procedures in order for you to increase. Even sometimes side, uh, side, Things can become a thriving business on its own, excuse me, provided we do it God's way. It's amazing how a six or seven hour uh, thing we do on the side can turn to a thriving business. As an, also another stream of income that God uses to uh, cause us to sow and increase in our lives. See, the Lord has set a financial infrastructure, an infrastructure that set a fundamental principles and practices in place to sustain us beyond what we can think or imagine. Let's go to Malachi. Some of us are already in Malachi, but let's go to Malachi chapter 3 if you're not. Hallelujah. Because I'm not. That's my problem. Hallelujah. Give me just a moment here. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3, last book of the Old Testament. And we're going to start at verse 8. And notice God's financial infrastructure. He starts off in Malachi 3 and 8. Will a man rob God? Will a man take property unlawfully from God? That's a brave brother or sister, ain't it? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes, that's the payment of the tenth part, and an offering. An offering of God or a contribution. And it goes on to say in Malachi 3 and 10. Let me go to verse, me, verse 9. You are cursed with a curse. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. So he doesn't want us to rob him because you're not only robbing him, you're robbing the whole nation. Then he goes on in verse 10. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me. 
Try me. I like this. First of all, it says bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Storehouse represents, uh, I can go to all the fancy terminologies, but into your local church where you're being fed knowledge and understanding. And there, so there may be food, knowledge and understanding in my house. And try me, prove me, test me, and examine me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I were not open, good God Almighty, throw open or loosen for you the windows of heaven and pour or empty out for you such blessing, there would not be room enough to receive it. When we look at the promises that God makes to the violent, uh, prosper us, he's also protecting us. It is protecting us from destruction and ruin in this infrastructure. See, this is a infrastructure that God divinely protects us in. It's a strategic divine protection for his people. That's why God can supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You may think you're lacking, but remember, you, we really don't know how much we really got. Because God has, he's in control of the books in heaven. At times, we, we may, we may, we may be naive in thinking that there is not someone or something that has an intent on causing destruction and ruin in our lives. Never underestimate the enemy that's trying to cause ruin or destruction in your lives. If you're not careful, we can allow our past experience with money or the lack of it influence us in such a way that we become the main consumers of our payroll check or birthday blessings or business income. And we'll purchase things such as nothing. Let me say this. There's nothing wrong with these. But you can't, you got to put these in the proper place. You can cause you can just spend your increase on clothes, shoes, hair, nails, cars, video games and such like. Again, nothing wrong with these, but you got to make sure you do it being led by the Holy Spirit. And something else too that came to my mind, don't get caught up in cash flow and not count the cost. Because you can see cash flow, but don't forget you got some expenses to go with that cash flow. Everybody understand that part? Because I, nothing wrong with cash flow, nothing wrong with you getting your heart's desire. But understand, you got a light bill to pay, a mortgage to pay. And sometimes your car needs fixing. You know, you know, the Lord said, hey, 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 these tires right here. Lord, I don't, I don't know about them tires. No, you know the tires. I told you these tires. Take care of the tires, okay? That's why he blessed you, to, to take care of them tires. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. Let me, get, let me get back. At times, we can be guilty of, of being the, the devourer. We can be the devourer. Definitely got nothing to do with some of this stuff. Some of that's just us. And so we have to be led by the Holy Spirit as to what we do. And, of course, the scripture tells us to count up the cost. Let's go to Malachi 3 and verse 11. Notice what it says. And I will rebuke, I will reprove the devourer. The devourer is the consumer, that the person that eats it up. That, And I like this last definition, the waster for your sake. Individual, I thank God that God is rebuking the waster. And can we be real? Some of us are the wasters sometimes. Lord, look how y'all looking right there. Woo-wee. That's okay, though. That is okay. I still got your number. I know you're out there somewhere. Hallelujah. So, but I thank God he helps us. And I thought about this and I was, I was kind of laughed at myself. If you ever been, you ain't never been in a good situation, you get ready to buy something, and God says, hold on. What, God? I deserve this right here. I want this right here. 
this would look good on me. And isn't it always the time when it's in your color and in your size? And the Lord be saying, not now. Well, God, you know. What line we use? I wear it to church too, God. <laughs> but I'm not saying he won't what you have. I'm just saying he will or won't. Just be led by the Holy Spirit, okay? Continue to let him lead and guide you. Uh, again, for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor should the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And, and those go to Malachi 3 and verse 11, the latter part, so that he will not destroy or ruin or spoil or corrupt the fruits. The fruits are the productivity. They increase the produce of your ground. Remember, we talked about earlier, God wants you blessed in every area of your life. And so we don't want the devourer to de- destroy or corrupt or spoil the productivity in our lives. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit from the field, says the Lord of hosts. He makes his promise solid with giving us a powerful testimony, not just for a few folks, but people in general will see us and know that we are blessed. We see in Malachi chapter 3, verse 12. And all nations, all peoples, all nationality of people will call you blessed. They're going to call you blessed. They're going to say you're making progress. They're going to say you're increasing. They're going to say you are happy. And you know why they're doing it? For his sake. You are testimony and you're given to the power of God. For you are the life of land, says the Lord of hosts. You can hear people saying, they are some blessed folks. They keep giving, but they keep receiving. Only God could have done that for them because I knew them back when they didn't have nothing but. But God is blessing them. They just seem so happy, content, regardless, regardless of what comes their way. Again, it is divine protection, strategic divine protection that God has for his people. They get the doctor's report and they say, you know what? I'm still believing God. <laughs> they see sometimes the finance may go a little low, but they say, you know what? God going to supply the need. Why? Because they're giving God what belongs to him. We have to be grateful for every opportunity to sow into God's house as well as the lives of others. Whenever we can bring God as tithes and a good offering to the altar, we have to see it as a blessed opportunity that causes us to get excited Happy and looking forward to sowing in a manner that sets the circumstances or sets the atmosphere for miracles, healings, wealth, favor, insight, strategies, prosperity, and so forth to flow to us as well as through us. We are blessed to be a blessing. Now, people who understand the opportunity and sowing Excuse me, the opportunity and impact of song. We're going to look at a few examples. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 through 4. These are some people that understood it. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 through 4. Notice what it says here. And it should be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring 
from your land that the Lord your God has given you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Now, when I first read that, I had to thank God that God allows his name to abide here. I thank God he does. I mean, we could be a place they call Ichabod. The spirit of God has departed, but his spirit is here and his name resides here. So therefore, we bring it to this place. This is an example of the place he's talking about. And then in verse three, and you should go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. So notice this, they bring in the first of the produce and they're bringing it to the designated place. Let's go to another example in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 through 5. Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 through 5. I want to show you an example of somebody who gave a good offering and somebody that God did not like their offering. Genesis chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. Then she, oh, excuse me. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. So we see here that God respected Abel and his offering. And I want God to respect the offerings here at OCC. I want God to respect each and every one of our offerings. I don't want you to give one penny here that God is not honoring. Everybody understand that? I don't want you to give one penny that God is not honored, not pleased with. Because if you do that, so much is opened up to you. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to just a little bit. Let me go to my next scripture. Oh, excuse me, verse 5. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So notice this. He respected one offering. He did not respect another offering. We don't want to be in a situation where God does not respect our offering. Now, let's go to another one. I'm going to mention to you, but actually coming back to this one in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal, of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, we're coming back to this one, but I want to kind of mention that one to you in our study. The next one to go to is Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. The Bible reads as follows. Then because of that, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithe of all. Abram went to work like we do. Your business ours, uh, went to work. He brought back. Was full or he gave 10% and he brought it to the priesthood. And so when he did that, it's like when you go to work, you come into church on Sunday morning and you bring God his tithes. Same thing you see here in Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. And 
again, it says, well, actually, this is an example in the New Testament that they bring it back up in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 2. This is where they get it from in Genesis chapter 14. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 2 reads as follows. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. So this is where you get Genesis chapter 14, this particular example. Regardless of our past or present experiences with family or finances, God has a plan for our future and desires for us to develop a thankful heart when it comes to giving as well as receiving. Which brings us to our main text today. Turn back over to the book of Genesis chapter 8 and we're going to start at verse 20. While you turn there, let me make a few statements about this. When it comes to being grateful, I can think of no one who had, who was as grateful or who was very grateful as Noah and his family after they had survived at one time one of the greatest floods the word world has ever experienced before or after. I thought about this from this standpoint. Noah had built an ark. It took him approximately 120 years to build it. Now, I don't know about you, that's a long time to build one piece of equipment. And then, he, the Lord instructed Noah to get all the animals in twos and bring them all on the boat. He got them on the boat, and the Lord shut the door. Boom. When he shut the door, it rained. It rained 40 days, it rained 40 nights. Now, when it finished raining, they still can get off the boat. For my calculations, it took without from Genesis chapter seven and Genesis chapter eight, and for my study, it took over a year for that water to come down. One year, over a year. One Bible scholar says it took 371 days. Y'all think y'all quarantined for a few days? Y'all ain't seen quarantine for over a year. A year. I'm talking about a year. They was in the boat. They couldn't go outside because the only hole there was was one hole in the boat. A little sunlight came through it. But remember, every animal was on there. And the animals were busy being animals. They were doing their thing because they had to eat. They had to live. When they ate and they left, when they ate, they, and when they did in the corner, they did in the corner. And I don't know if they took the smell out of that, but you know. 300, over 300 days. 371, I think is what I read or, or calculated. So I'm thinking about this. This water finally went down. They were finally able to get off the boat. Remember now, 120 years to build. 371 days on a boat, or over 300 days, over a year on a boat. When I got off that boat, my mind, I'm thinking, would I be wanting to see another boat or another animal once the animals got off the boat? Because the Bible says, you know, because God had to open the door. Because he shut the door, he opened the door, the people got off. The animals got off. People got off. No one in his family were there. 
And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking, whew, let me go find, I, I, I don't want to deal with no more right now. God, I just want to go and just relax because I've been dealing with this for 121, 122 years. Quarantine with animals for over a year. And I know some of us, we, we had to stay in the house for a week or two. And we were like, oh, Lord, I can't do this. <laughs> 371 days approximately, more or less, somewhere in the neighborhood, before they get off the boat. And I'm thinking in my mind, I want to get away. But Noah had a different idea. Noah wanted to honor God. I thought about that when we give. When we go through stuff, are we willing to give after we go through? After we deal with what we deal with? When we read about the life of Noah in the book of Genesis, we can read about the example of a man who after he had just come off the boat, this is what he did. He offered God an offering. Offering is an interesting word there because it means brought up, take away, brought up, take away. But it also means this. It means cause to ascend. Keep this in mind, calls to a sin. When he offers God what he offered him, it ascended. Keep that in mind because that's important for us to get. Now, it was said that he was thankful for surviving the experience. Because remember now, this experience had taken every living creature on the earth except those who were in the boat. Animals as well as people. Kinfolks. Friends, people that may have mocked him along the way, maybe family members. Everybody was gone, even animals, except for the ones that were on the boat. And so we pick up Genesis 8, 20, which reads as follows. Then Noah built an altar. He built an altar. An altar is a place where a structure where sacrifices are made was sacrifices made. And this is what he did. He took up every clean animal of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And so Noah, instead of him just running around talking about, you know what, thank God, this thing is, my assignment is done. I'm finished. I'm going to give God an offering. And he takes up these animals and he puts them on the altar. And He has what I consider, think about this for a moment. He had an opportunity to give. Now, this may seem simple to you, but he chose to give. See, I think sometimes when you have opportunities to give, do you choose to give? Do you choose to give? Let's take it for a moment. You got an opportunity to sow into your marriage. Do you choose to sow? You got an opportunity to sow into your well-being. Do you choose to do that? You have an opportunity to do better, but do you choose to do better? You got an opportunity to have a better relationship with Jesus, but do you choose to do what it takes to have a better relationship with Jesus? An opportunity to sow. And so I'm thinking from this standpoint, I'm thinking, you know, uh, God had mercy upon Noah and his family. 
And now Noah has, is, instead of him just running around, the, the, the animals are gone, he offers burnt offerings before the Lord. And when he offers these burnt offerings before the Lord, God begins to reveal his heart to Noah. He begins to reveal his heart to Noah. I thought that was powerful because if God doesn't reveal his mind to us, we would never know the mind of God. If you want to know what God is thinking about your life, Notice what he says here. He offers something and God began to reveal his heart to them. I thought about this. We, how do we know this is a season of bigger and better? Because he revealed his heart to us. How do we know that God wants to heal us? Because he revealed his heart to us. How do we know that God wants to deliver us? Because he revealed his heart to us. How do we know that God loves us? Because he revealed his heart to us. And we read here in Genesis 8 and 21, and and, and I almost skipped over this statement, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. I almost skipped over because I, I thought, hold on a minute. God is who he is. Not everything that comes before God is soothing. How do you know? You saw one offering that this other brother offered, and God said, I was not pleased with his offering. But this offering that Noah has offered is soothing to God. It is soothing to the point. I said, God, let us at OCC make sure our offerings are soothing to you. Because if they soothe it from you, we'll know the mind of God for our lives. See, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If I know what God is thinking for my life, I can be healed. I can be delivered. I can prosper. I can get my strategies. I can get my ideas. I can get, that's why he said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pull you out of blessing. You ain't got room enough to receive. I want God's ideas. I've had man's ideas. I've had people's ideas. I need God's ideas for my life. I need God's strategy. I need God to show me how to have a good relationship with my wife. I need God to show me how to raise my children. I need God to show me how to prosper. I need the mind of God. So it was a soothing aroma. And after it was a soothing aroma, then uh, the latter part of that particular verse says, then the Lord said in his heart, he said in his heart, he began to talk to us. And when he began to talk to us, God began to lay some truths on us that will change your life for the better. But notice it all came when Noah offered a soothing or an offering before the Lord. What can we learn from this? When your offering pleases God, he will begin to speak into your let me say this to you. If anybody I want to speak in my life, I want God to speak in my life. I want God to tell me what he's thinking. I want God to tell me what's on his heart. Yeah, I, you can tell me what's on your heart, but I can't live by what's on your heart. I've got to live by what's on God's heart. 
I've got to live what's on his heart. And so he says, this is what he says. Notice what he says in this particular verse here. I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. One thing is on his heart. He says, I will never again curse the ground. Okay, God, thank you for not cursing the ground. Because I appreciate that whatever ground I'm on, he said, I'll never curse it again. Evidently, he considered the flood a curse. Are y'all following me? So now he says, I will never curse the ground again. Second thing he said was, and you better know this one. I'm telling you because it's so powerful what he says. Uh, Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, God never lied then. (laughs) He said from their youth, their heart is evil. Hold on, I didn't say it. He said and he said it after the flood. That means, well, I thought Johnny was good, according to this. If you go into business thinking, this person's heart could be evil, you're more cautious when you approach it. When you're talking to people on the street, their heart could be evil. Because why? He said it. And not only that, he said it, they start not young being evil. That's what he said. Not what I said, but I wouldn't have known that if he wouldn't have shared his heart with me. Because, watch this, his word would not return back to him void, but it's going to accomplish everything he sent it out to do. I mean, I can tell you that folks' heart is evil, but you're like, well, maybe it is, maybe it ain't. But when God said, who's going to argue that point? Third thing he said in this particular verse. Oh, the third thing he said in this verse is this. Hold on, y'all. Sorry, just one second. Nor again will I destroy every living thing as I have done. He said, I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done before. So three things he said in this particular verse. But all this came, notice this, when Noah gave his offering. Now, if we take this same pattern and we start giving like we're supposed to give, can you imagine the heart of God being revealed to you? Notice what Peter said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God begins to reveal his heart to the ones who give. I want to be like Noah. I want to be given and God reveal his heart. I want to, listen, when I have the opportunity to give, I want to give, and then I'm listening for the voice of God to speak into my life. Whether it's through on Sunday morning, whether it's a devotion time, whether it's me studying scripture, studying my Sunday school lesson, listen to a podcast, listen to a YouTube video, I want God to reveal his heart to me. Because that's how I make decisions. That is how I deal with people in my life. That's how I operate when I get to my job or my business. Why? Because I receive the heart of God. Oh my God, this is so good to me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I get excited, y'all. But here we go. Go to. But notice what else he said in Genesis eight and twenty-two, because he's still speaking what's on his heart. It's just divided up into uh, two verses. The next verse he says, "While the earth remains." Notice it's still God's heart. 
How many of y'all still living on earth right now? Let me see a show of hands. All right. The rest of y'all didn't raise your hand. You living in Mars somewhere? <laughs> While the earth what? Remains. If the earth remains, this stuff gonna happen. Are y'all following me? If the earth is remaining, this is gonna take place. I said, God, oh yeah, I'm on the earth right now. Let me ask you a question before I go to my main scripture, what part of my scripture. How many know it still get, uh, there's still, uh, cold and heat on the earth right now? Uh, anybody don't want to, uh, check me about, let's see, what time was it? About seven o'clock in the morning? It was about 30 something degrees. Did it get cold out there this morning? Okay, so evidently that part come to pass, ain't it? Y'all remember in June? When about 80 something degrees one day in June? One day? Then one day? One day in June? Okay, so it get cold in the winter. It get warm in the summer. So it's still happening there. It is still happening? I, I mean, I mean, is this word happening? That's not my word. This is his word. Another thing I need to ask you, is it still daylight outside? Does it still get nighttime outside? Okay, so evidently his word is still working. So if his word is still working when it comes to, hold on, let me read it. Winter and summer, cold and heat, day and night. He knows what he said, shall not cease, shall not stop. It's going to happen. I mean, let's face it, y'all. Uh, you Give me about, about, about uh, 12 hours from now, it's going to be nighttime again. I know, Listen, let me say this to you. You can rebuke nighttime all you want to. All you want to. You can sit outside so you can tell both see. Get away. Get away nighttime. Get away nighttime. You can do this too in Jesus' name. And you know what's still going to happen? Nighttime going to hit. And while you hold your hand, I'm talking about in Jesus' name. Night going to be falling over y'all. This night. This This slapping. So you ain't going to stop this right here. You know why you ain't going to stop it? Because this is what he said. That's what he said. Again, his word should not return back to him. What? Boy, this will accomplish everything he's sent out to do. But you know what thing he also said? That we're going to grab a hold of. See? Time and what? Harvest. So we have the opportunity to give. We can expect seed, time, and what? Harvest. We can expect seed, time, and harvest. As long as the earth remains, we can expect seed, time, and harvest. So what I need to do, when the opportunity comes to me to sow, just like Noah did, I need to fall in that same line right now. I need to make sure that when my time is here, I'm going to sow. But you know what I'm going to After I sow, I'm going to expect something. I'm going to expect what? Harvest. Why? Because it's day and night. Day and night reminds me that my harvest is on its way. Cold and warm reminds me my harvest is on its way. And see, we're not regulated when we sow seed time and harvest to a season. Our season is when we sow seed time and then harvest takes place. It could be in the middle of the winter and you operate in a harvest. You could be in the middle of a drought, but you can operate in a harvest. I'm going to show you a scripture not a little bit later on how a woman in drought was 
operate at a harvest. This person right here, Noah, had offered his seed before the Lord. And when he offered it, God began to share his heart. Now, I'm using the symbolic of my heart right here, even though we know what was powerful about it. The offering was so powerful. This is one of the most powerful offerings I've seen. It came before God. That's what he said when it came before God. I mean, this just blows my mind. In verse, hold on. Verse 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing, soothing, one word for soothing is pleasing aroma. That aroma was pleasing to God. I said, God, I want our offering at OCC to be soothing. Because if, if it's soothing, I ain't got to worry about preaching. Because God will be trying to get you word left and right. I mean, God will be trying to say, hey, I need to share with you. You're going to be blessed and highly favored. Oh, I'm going to get to you. God can do exceedingly, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God will be trying to, he'll be, listen, he'll be getting me out of the way talking about you are highly favored, blessed above all the nations on the earth. God, they call you rich and you will add no sorrow to it because God is getting that soothing aroma from this church. I hear you, Lord. You know what else he said to me? He said, the praise and the worship has to be soothed. The prayer has to be soothed. And when it's soothed, you can't help for revelation knowledge to flow. And you know where it's coming from? It's coming from the heart of God. And that's what I want. That's what I want for you. I want, see, I want it to start here. And you know where I want you to be? Monday morning. Wow. Tuesday evening, wow, the heart of God still talking to you. Because the heart of God don't stop after I shut up. God keep on talking to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Seed, time, and harvest. And you think God going to quit because I say Amen? Are you kidding me? God is omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's everywhere. He knows everything. God gonna talk to you on your job. God gonna talk to you in your business. God gonna talk to you at school. God gonna talk to you in your home. God is revealing his heart. And you know where it started at? A soothing aroma that was pleasing to God. That's why I wanted to be pleasing. This is when I have the opportunity to solve. I'm not just throwing something out there. I want it to be pleasing to God. I want it to be pleasing to God. I want it to be pleasing. And I know his word is not going to return back to him, boy, but it's going to accomplish everything that he called out to do. OCC, let's continue to sow at new levels and receive the harvest that God has for his people. Amen? I'm done. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. 
follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.